Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome to another episode of Move Forward Anyway podcast. Fellow dreamers, I hope you're doing well today. We're going to do a little bit of a change up, a little bit of a flip-de-doo. We're going to have my wife, Amy, who was my first ever guest on the Move Forward Anyway podcast, interview me. And we're going to have a little discussion about my dream, our dream, and uh, some of the same questions I ask our guests are going to be asked to me. It'll be a good learning experience for me as well to unpack uh, some history. I have a tendency to forget where we've been, and so this will be a good exercise for me. Uh, also, as a great idea for yourself as you're thinking about communicating, marketing, sharing your story in your work, uh, you can do something like this as well. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Amy, my lovely bride, my better half, and um, let her carry the interview out from here. Thank you so much for doing this, Amy. Yeah, you bet. I'm glad we're going to do it. It's a little intimidating, I have to tell you, to be on the other side of this. I'd rather, I think I'd rather answer than ask, but maybe not. Maybe this will be kind of fun to ah. have you have to come up with the answers. So this will be good. Uh, you mentioned that it's fun to kind of look back and the history of where, how far we've come, where we started. So I, that's where I want to start today is um, how'd this whole thing get started? Like where, where was the genesis? What was the spark? What, what got this ball rolling? Yeah. So um, I was born. <laughs> not that far back. Oh, not, not that, that far back. back. Okay. Um, well, you know, interestingly enough, watching my father growing up, I always wanted to be in a position to help people, uh, to serve people. And because he's a pastor, I fell in nicely to that. Um, so I, I wanted to become a pastor from my earliest recollection. I, I remember sitting in the living room, practicing church services and making my parents sit down and watch me practice as a young boy of probably age six. Um, then something interesting happened when I actually became a pastor and went through all of the training to get there. Um, I realized that uh, sl slowly, it didn't happen right away, but I, I realized that over time, um, it wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be. Um, the institution, uh, the institutional church has a strong leaning towards taking care of itself. Um, in America, it's very consumeristic at its heart. 
And so I found over time, my, my personality, my identity kind of somewhat eroding. Um, I would say maybe even being taken away from me slowly and uh, kind of hit a, it hit a pinnacle for us when I walked into our um, staff meeting one day, and this was six years ago, and said I wanted to resign my call. Mm. And it kind of surprised everybody. Um, one thing led to another, and the board uh, offered me, the church was so gracious, to offer us a six-month sabbatical, uh, all paid sabbatical. Um, so we took half a year off. and. That was a really uh, big moment because in, during the sabbatical, I wondered, who am I? Wow. Who am I if I'm not a pastor? Um, there's another There's another kind of genesis point back in 2001, if I could share that story too. Sure. And I had the privilege to go to India for 11 days and to uh, be exposed to the church in India and leaders in India and just saw their passion. Um, their courage to be who they were in the midst of persecution and um, confusing kind of spiritual environment in India. And I got a fire lit under me there that was pretty transformational. I remember uh, flying back from India wondering um, how we were going to be able to impact our community the way that the Indian Christians were. And I realized that I had been trained to take care of the people in the church who were already in the church. Mm -hmm. That was really my training. And in order for us to actually impact our community, I was going to have to become a missionary yeah. um, from a, from a pastor who takes care of the found, who does some mission work to becoming a missionary who does missionary work and takes care of the found sometimes that was not very eloquently said, but there was a big shift there for me. Sure. And I realized I didn't know how to do it. And I realized I had never done it. I realized that I lived in a neighborhood uh, where I didn't even know my neighbors. And so, you know, this, uh, our lives changed from that point on, we began introducing ourselves to our neighbors. We began engaging in their lives and it's been a really exciting journey since then. But the church, and this is where those two stories connect, the church, the institutional church in America, the one that I've been serving, hasn't always readily accepted that shift. Right. Um, we lost some members along the way. It's been a struggle to make changes every step of the way. And so um, I guess I really can relate to those who are listening, who are uh, who are six, I call them successful dreamers because they're trying. Mm -hmm. your this transformational moment that you've had that you can identify that takes courage to operate and to execute um, is really a difficult thing. It's not easy to change uh, along the way. And you're not always going to get a lot of support in going the direction you know that you're being led to go. So that's the genesis of it. I really believe that in order to reach our neighborhoods and our communities, we have to be um, our true selves. Mm -hmm. And I want to help people become their true selves. And a lot of that resides and revolves around 
following your dream. I think there's a strong connection between your identity and your dream. And I write about this in my book. I'm writing about it uh, pretty significantly in my second book, which is about to be um, published here in the next month or so. um, That we tend to lose our identity when we give away our dream. Interesting. So you mentioned you mentioned that piece of identity. You went on this sabbatical and you were kind of in a place of, well, now, wait a second. Who am I if I'm not being a pastor in a church every Sunday? And so how, what what kind of process did you go through to kind of sort through that? Well, I journaled every morning. Um, we had a lot of time to travel and talk. Um, there's a lot of angst and certainly initially in the pandemic and then towards the end of the pandemic, wondering if we should come back. You mean sabbatical, right? You said pandemic. <laughs> See, I do that all the time. That's really interesting. I wonder what's in that. I wonder well, what's in the pandemic and what's in the sabbatical because they're very a, similar. Yeah, so it's, a big, it's a big pause and a big thing of difference of what you're used to doing. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I do. I just realized I do that a lot. Um, during the sabbatical, yeah, it was hard at the beginning and hard at the end. Um, anyway, uh, what was the question again? What what process did you go through to sort back through your identity? So journaling, conversations, yeah, yeah. time to to be still and think and pause and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, a really uh, really regular time listening uh, to the word. And okay. when I mean the word, I mean the Bible. Yep. Reading the Bible, listening to God speak to me in my inner, my inner being. That that's what prompts the 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 journal, and then that became my first book, actually. Um, and just realized that at my essence, I am a fire starter. I <laughs> am a I am a dream multiplier. I I do believe that that's my calling in life, and I happen to do some of that as a pastor, trying to help people in the church be free to be who they are, um, to not just go along with the flow uh, because they feel like they should or they must. I can think of so many conversations with church people that we're, we're renowned for shutting on ourselves, right? And my job is in the church is to try to help people identify that place where they can really be of service using their gifts and their talents. And that has gotten me into trouble in the church. Actually, it's gotten me into trouble with church members who want more of me. Um, And I have always wanted to empower others to do the ministry. For example, um, shut-in visits, sharing that load with a whole bunch of other people sometimes ticks people off because they want me or sharing the preaching role that ticks people off because they want to hear from me. And that's kind of what led to the sabbatical, right? Is we felt a little bit like it was idolatrous. Like there was so much dependency on Jeff and Amy and not enough rejoicing in the people that were being raised up to participate. So I want to see full participants. And so I realized during the sabbatical that my essence is I am a fire starter. And I, I've, I've carried that nickname since college. Yeah. Um, you know, because of the basketball, right. I had one game where I kind of 
lit a spark in the team and they called me Firemeyer at that point. And so I've always been the Lord's master fire starter since then. And sometimes the institutions we're in don't allow you to truly do that. So um, hopefully I answered the question. Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. So, so I'm, I've got two questions in my head at the same time. So I'm going to write one of them down and then I'll ask the other one. Uh, good, good. Okay. So you're, you're in the sabbatical and you said you had this sort of practice of journaling every morning and you mentioned that that turned into this book, um, which by the way, that's called what again, that book that you wrote? Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me see. Oh, there okay. it is. Fear not dream big. And, All right. Oh, fear not dream big and execute. And then the subtitle is tools to spark your dream and ignite your follow through. All right. And so there's that book. And then you just mentioned that you're about to release a second book. Tell me about that one. Yeah, it's called The Dream Primer. And it takes the first half of my book, my first book, and really does a deep dive into what is a dream? How do I discover mine? How do I get crystal clear on it? And then how do I begin to pursue it? All right. So you've got these books. Um, Tell me. Is that all it is? Or tell me something else come from that? Well, everything kind of shifted from that. I mean, then my preaching um, shifted. I began realizing that I wanted to be a preacher who did more training than teaching. I'm a gifted teacher, but if it doesn't apply, if it doesn't get practiced in life, so you've noticed my preaching is different. I, I'm more more interested in training than teaching. So at the end of each message, I give an assignment, for example. Um, We have launched the Dream Accelerator together in 2018, and it has gone through four different iterations. We're on iteration number four right now. It's a one-year long um, coaching program that utilizes online content and weekly coaching with our team. And it has been exciting to watch people, our clients, wrestle their dream to the ground and then start to pursue it and then feel the tension of pursuing it and struggle with pursuing it and having the support to pursue it that I really didn't have along the way. And I'm happy to be able to provide that. And then we're currently working on a new platform, a ministry platform called Neighboring Life, trying to teach and help our our, our Jesus-following friends engage more um, impactfully in their neighborhood because we believe there's a relational gap in our neighborhoods. It's one of the reasons that our world is in the crisis that we're in. It's the reason we're so divided is that we don't, we haven't done a good job of really bridging the the human relationship connection. We think we're connected, but it's really a myth. We're not. And so neighboring life is being built right now. And we're coming out with that probably in the next few months. Um, with some beta testing. And so, yeah, that, that, those are just some of the things that are happening as a result of the spark and following through on the dream. That's awesome. So you said um, fourth iteration of the dream accelerator. Uh, Why hasn't it stayed the same since 2018? Well, I mean, that's a good lesson as we pursue our dream is that you've got to be adaptable and moldable. The biggest thing that happened was, um, the sabbatical. The, I just did it the other way. Uh, 
the biggest thing that happened was the <laughs> pandemic. Man, I need a counselor to figure that out. Um, yeah, the pandemic happened because our model was was totally fixated on a one-day in-person retreat with follow-up coaching. And when the pandemic hit, everything shut down, and I wasn't ready to just say the Dream Accelerator was pointless anymore. I, I knew that it was going to be even more important now because people are going to be losing their jobs. They're going to be losing their momentum. They're going to have space to think about what they really wanted to do with their life. Um, right. And so we switched from in-person to online mostly. Uh, we will be in-person again with some events as those things develop. But for now, it's online with uh, regular weekly coaching. So that's the main reason it shifted. I think the other reason it shifted is we didn't have a regular, it was built on a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Cohort model yeah. where people signed up and then there was a process that came in together and they finished together. And then we started the next cohort. Right. And I realized that I wanted to see, reach more people in uh, helping them with their dreams. And the only way to do that was to initiate a hybrid approach, which included online. So people can join this process at any time. There's some that are further along, some that are starting, but the community helps each other along the way. Awesome. And tell me a little bit about that community. Who, like, what kind of people are on this thing? Yeah, so we have authors. Um, you can help me here too. We have... Um, people that have had a passion for a long time. That was a kind of a hobby yeah. that they want to make a living off of. Now we have um, creatives, musicians, we have uh, people that want to uh, take uh, something that they've learned in their own walk, their own journey and help others with it. For example, we have a couple that are building a retreat center mm. Uh, to help people rest and incorporate rest in their daily rhythms because people are overextended, um, they're overstressed, and they need some help in learning how to slow down daily, not just once in a while, not just when vacation comes. So that that's really exciting. We have someone who's a gifted administrator who is offering administrative help to um clients in the nonprofit world and also in the for-profit world. And uh, she's using those gifts of administration to um, help people really um, give away their administrative roles to her so that they can really focus on what they're gifted at doing. Um, who am I missing? We have a deaf pastor who does ministry to the deaf around the globe who is um, building curriculum and trying to bring his curriculum into all the uh, Christian high schools in America. Um, so pretty lofty goals. Um, yeah. Am I missing any? No, I think you did a good job. It's kind of funny to ask questions that I kind of know some of the answers to, but you're doing great. Um, I just am thinking about those people and I'm wondering, do you also get people who, they don't know what their dream is. Do you help with that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the Dream Accelerator kind of uh, works really well for those who at least have a spark of an idea. Okay. Maybe it's not crystal clear. Um, my book, actually, that's coming out, the Dream Primer, deals with a lot of the um, 
the uh, people that know they want something different in their okay. life, but they really have no idea what it might be. And so some of those exercises in the dream primer are going to be helpful for those folks. And I think we'll add those exercises into the dream accelerator as well, kind of as bonus content or yeah. maybe pre-work content. Yep. But yes, we, we do help people from every point of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned a couple of times the, this language about spark and fire and things like that. Um, talk to me a little bit about when that uh, fire starts to go out and the spark starts to dwindle and the coals start to get cold. Yeah. So it's going to happen. It happens to me. There's been many times along the road I've wanted to quit, um, give up. I mean, that that's what led to the sabbatical, right? Is yep. I was ready to quit. So uh, my my quickest answer to that is we need some hot coal friends. You know, you think of a, a coal in a fire and you take it out of the fire and you place it by itself um, for too long, it will lose its fire. It will go out. So we all need those other friends who are lit up around us who are not just interesting people, but they're interested in us and yeah. interested enough to really ask questions and listen to our dream, provide um, resource and encouragement. And so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be doing that without my hot, cold friends like you. Um, I think having you supportive of this journey, even when I was ready to quit or you didn't understand what the heck I was doing or why I was investing in this. And it was maybe scary for you because there wasn't any income coming in and yet we were expending things to get it started. Um, friends like Dan Luck who have constantly weekly been checking in uh, Brian Heyman who've checked in our board um, staff, our staff at church. I mean, uh, these people have kept me going. I think another thing would be, what are you doing to feed and fuel, give energy to the flame? So are you reading? Um, what is your, your spiritual practice of listening and practicing discernment? Um, simple things that you've taught me in um, journaling, like a gratitude journal. Um, at the end of the night, when you annoyingly ask me, so what do you want to celebrate from today? Um, I say annoyingly because I'm being funny, um, sarcastic, but it's actually a blessing because I tend to not do that. I tend to dwell in the, as an Enneagram four, I dwell in what's not working and I need people to help me remember what is working. So those are all important pieces uh, for me. Music, um, although it's been harder to do here in our apartment, but playing my trumpet, uh, I need to get back in shape so it's more enjoyable, but playing my trumpet, listening to music, singing, is just with our uh, singing group from college, The Master's Voice. By the way, if you don't have the, the CD from The Master's Voice, you can get it on Bandcamp. Um, the master's voice, uh, just being with those guys and singing and telling stories. Uh, we know we're in a safe environment so we can be real. So all those things are very important to me keeping going. I would also say 
um, movement, exercising. Some of my best thoughts have happened on long runs. So. Yeah. So, so what you're, what I hear you saying is have some, have some regular rhythms and some practices and then some, maybe some added bonuses, some special things that um, fan the flame or add the fuel to that fire to keep you back in the game. Um, I know you have a a hashtag and a phrase that you use. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that. I know it's, it's move forward anyway. Um, Yeah. Well, that came, that came out of uh, uh, my book uh, was a top 10 finalist for um, nonfiction book of the year with author Academy elite. And we were invited to Columbus, Ohio to get in a room with the other top 10 finalists. And we had 90 seconds. I had 90 seconds to basically describe my 356 page book. And, uh, um, I began my 90 seconds by saying fear will come. And I had the audience repeat it. Fear will come. Fear will stay. Fear will stay. Move forward anyway. Move forward anyway. Your dream must live. And that's how I sign my books now. And the the idea there is that fear is going to come. You know, fear, um, I thought for a long time that I had to get rid of fear. I had, in order to be courageous, I had to eliminate fear. Hmm. And that's a lie. Um, You're going to have fear, especially when you're taking on a risky venture. You're going to have fear. And it's going to cover itself over in all kinds of hides behind all kinds of things like discouragement, doubt, and delay and distraction, right? Um, but you got to learn how to move forward with your fear. It's almost like it's a it's a cousin to courage. It's like, come along, fear. We're we're going on this, we're going on this journey. So that's where it came from. Um, this last weekend, interesting, interestingly enough, one of my friends, Kurt Taylor. He couldn't remember the phrase. And he said, I've done something with your mantra. And I said, what have you done? He goes, he said, um, fear will come. Fear will stay. And when it comes, run away. (laughs) (laughs) That was just just awesome. So that's what you can choose to do. You You know, it's a choice. You can choose to run away, hide. Or you can choose to move forward anyway. It's going to be one of those two choices. And yeah. there are results from either of those two paths, right? That's right. You can either choose to lean in to the fear and move forward anyway, or you can choose to try to get rid of it or push it down and run away. Exactly. Um, the thing yeah. with dreams and identity is, though, they are relentless. <laughs> they will keep poking at you and they will keep coming up. Some of you have dreams that you've had for years and you've been running away from them and they keep coming up. So what are you going to do with that? Hopefully right. move forward anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so how do people, how do people get and become a part of this dream accelerator? If there's somebody listening that, that thinks, you know what, I, I do need some help. I have something I don't know where to start or, I've started and stopped and I don't know what to do next. How does somebody get to be a part of this dream accelerator group? Yeah. So um, first of all, let me know that you're interested and we'll have a conversation. So it first begins, it begins first with a um, dream. I call it dream discovery call. It's a 30 minute call um, online. Uh, I use zoom and we, we have a conversation about your dream and about uh, how you might be a part of the dream accelerator. So 
Um, that's the first step. You can go to our website. My website is jeffmeyer.org and I have a whole page on the Dream Accelerator. You can read more about it. Um, you can also email me at jeff at jeffmeyer.org to uh, find out more information as well. Okay. Um, I, I have been a part of these uh, weekly coaching calls with you. And so I've had the pleasure of, of kind of listening in on these people's dreams and it's different than what we've done before. What would you say is, is one of the highlights or one of the benefits of having this group of folks uh, on these calls together? Uh, I think what is kind of, I kind of thought that it was going to be this way. I've been told that group coaching works this way and I kind of believed it, but I don't think I really believed it. And that is the support and encouragement in community that they're getting has been so profoundly um, impactful for them to keep going. Um, there's ideas that are shared, which are great, but it's the knowing that you're not alone, knowing that you have other people who are in the same journey with you, you might be doing something completely different, but it's a shared experience. So often the entrepreneurial um, venture feels like a lonely experience. Mm -hmm. um, the circles we're in, the institutions we're a part of, and we try to break out and create something new. Boy, that institution wants to pull us back and get us to stay in your lane, bro, kind of thing, right? And it's really encouraging to be with a group of people who cheer you on. Um, so that's been a really uh, big piece. I think the other thing is it's the weekly, over the course okay. of a year, we used to do coaching sessions for 90 days and then people are on their own. Well, we've discovered that at 90 days, you're just getting started in most cases. So what's cool is every week now, over a course of 12 months, we're getting people where they get stuck and where they're they're wrestling with the doubts that creep up because they're they're triggered to do the next step and then the fear comes in and so the ongoing nature of it over the long haul has been really uh, beneficial. What would you say has been impactful for the group? Well, I think very very similar to what you said. I am amazed at how well they listen to each other and how deeply they care about the other person's dream. And like you said, they're very, very different and yeah. they may not completely understand or have any expertise at all, but they are, I mean, they are for each other yeah. and they really want to see, they celebrate with each other. They, they cheer each other on, like you said, and uh, it, it's, it's becoming a really nice, uh, it's like a family almost they're, it is. They're really, Yeah. They're really in it together. It's really cool. And that's different than the first three iterations. That's very different. We have a hundred percent attendance record, basically. I mean, we've had, a, we've had a couple little moments where people had something come up, but they're joining from cars, vacation, the yeah, vacations. They're there every week. Yeah, they're not. So they need it. It's their life. It's their oxygen to fuel their yeah. their dream pursuit. So that's that's been really rewarding. Yeah, it gives and also takes a little bit of the pressure off of me on the content side. Uh, because I think the, the biggest value of the, the whole thing is the community. I yeah. really do. 
Yeah. And I really agree. Cause if somebody has a question, either you have it too, or you're going to have it, or you'll benefit from hearing the answer. So you really do benefit from listening in uh, from what other people say too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been, in, I've been impressed that folks have shown up so consistently. Yeah. It's been amazing actually. Yeah. Really impressed. Um, I had another question that I wrote down. We're kind of maybe going backwards a little bit, but doesn't have to be linear, honey. Doesn't. Oh, that's right. Okay, good. You, you said something um, when you were talking about when we first got started. I might not have understood why. I'm wondering if you could put some words to why. Why do you do this? Why do you put so much time and energy and effort into this thing? Because everybody has a dream. Hmm. Everybody has been designed by the creator to be a co-creator. And I see so many people laboring to make a living. Um, and they wait too long to really, sometimes they're laboring and they're pursuing their dream laboring, but many are laboring under the pressure and the weight of someone else's dream. And they're not experiencing the freedom that comes in co-creating with God. So with their creator. So that's why I do it. I, I want everybody to realize that I want everybody in the world to be able to search that out in their heart, in their life and, and then choose to move forward anyway, and not choose to run away. Mm, I love it. You know, I just had this thought, um, this thing about dreaming and creating all that. We've talked about this before. We're not very good at it as adults. Uh, somewhere along the line, we, mm. we get told, um, you know, you, you'll never be able to do that, or that's not realistic, or, um, and that starts to get squashed. And I, I just think of our grandchildren who just started school, and their mom, our daughter, um, does the little chalkboard thing, you know, because all these kids are cooler than I was when I was a mom. And they had them, they, they asked the kids, what do you want to be, right? And, you know, there's awesome things like our, our grandson wants to be a worker man and Paw Patrol. Yeah. Like, that's really cool, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's exercising his dream muscles. He's getting inspiration by a cartoon series, yep. by images of trucks that he has, that he gets to interact with, right? Same way we get inspiration for dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody... What about Bailey? And what about our other granddaughter? Let's see. I think Emmy wants to be a teacher and Bailey wants to be a marine biologist. Yep. Yep. And I, and I think, um, what would you say to folks who are like, I don't know, like, I don't have time to dream. I, I'm just trying to make it through today. I've got kids and I've got work and I have no energy at the end of the day. And what do you mean? Ideas and dreams. I got nothing. I'm just, I'm just making it till Friday. Well, first of all, maybe what you're doing is hard and you're already living the dream. I want to acknowledge that. So uh, a young, a mother of young children might be staying home or talk to my friend in my old neighborhood last night, a, a father who Mm. quit his really well-providing job to stay at home with his two, his two sons. Um, So that might be the dream. Yeah. And it might be hard. There might be pockets of hardness. But he, like last night, he said, when I was at work, it was really hard. And I came home at the end of the day going, what am I doing? Mm. 
there's no value I'm adding really to the world in making a change. Now I'm staying at home and it's really hard and I'm exhausted by the end of the day, but I, I know I'm making an impact in the world. So he might be living his dream. Okay. That's great. So don't, don't, don't uh, mistake toil and hard work for not living the dream. Mm. Um, But if you're doing hard work and you're toiling and you feel empty, you feel unsatisfied, you feel um, like you're not really true to yourself and who you are, that maybe you have an idea that you think you could pursue, but you're too busy doing what someone else wants you to do to help their dream become reality, then I would encourage you. um, And I talk about this in my, my upcoming book that we need to listen for inspiration before we can listen to inspiration. Mm. Does that make sense? Like we have to actually look for it. So if you don't have an idea, but you know, something's got to change, I would encourage you listen for inspiration. You've got to build in some reflection time. You've got to build in some introspection. You've got to build in conversations with friends that really listen to you and don't just try to talk you into stuff. You've got to listen to whatever it is that's going to fuel your co-creatorness. For me, it's the scriptures. For you, it might be something else. Um, And I think this that speaks to that too, is you got to turn down the noise of the world to be able to hear inspiration, right? Yeah. And the world it's is hard to turn, turn down the noise and just have utter silence. Yeah. You've got to replace the noise with some, some voices that are going to inspire you to think differently than you have been thinking. Yeah. So uh, some people say my book does that for them. It's just yeah. sm- small snippets and they, they spend time with it and there's exercises in there. That would be a, a resource to use. Yeah. And you have an um, audio book too, right? So you can listen instead of read. Yeah, an audio book. Yeah, yeah if you're annoyed you with my voice, I'm sorry in advance. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you need to maybe listen to my podcast, this podcast more regularly. There's some some great stories from people that have been on the this journey of pursuing their dream that maybe would spark something for you. Yeah. And then maybe just sit down and ask yourself, this question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Yeah. I love those questions. They're icebreaker questions, and then we forget about them. Like, yeah. where would you go if you had no limits financially? What would you want to experience if you had all the time in the world? Yeah. Well, what would I you don't, do? I don't, but I don't. Just put aside disbelief for a moment. Yeah. And give yourself permission to sit with it, to do a brainstorming exercise, to just reflect on if you had autonomy and control over your life, what would you like to do? What would you like to accomplish? Where would you be five years from now? Mm. I've heard you ask, what would you do if you couldn't fail? If you knew you couldn't fail. Mm, That's a good one, too. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Because, you know, you can't fail. Right. It's just more information to be put in the pool of data yeah. that helps you continue to adapt and move forward anyway. So, yeah. So we've talked about why, and um, just real quick, I want to touch on um, who do you do this for? Like who, who do you really love to help? 
You're asking me the who question. That always gets me because um, some people think it's such a narrow focus with the Dream Accelerator. Some people actually think like, I remember having a conversation with your mother that she didn't think she had a dream. And so we, part of our conversation became part of my next book, giving people permission to not call it a dream, then call it an idea. Oh, I got plenty of ideas, she said. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about your ideas. The dream, the dream can be so overwhelming for some people to just dismiss it. So I like to help people who are ready to invest Hmm. in doing, doing something more intentionally about this nagging idea or dream that has been pursuing them for some time. Um, And there's no age attached to it. We have, we have young, um, young people in our, in our mix and we have older people in our mix. Um, I used to think that I was too old to pursue things. And then someone reminded me that that's not the case. So um, who do you like to help? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> well, I know for sure it's the willing person. It's the person who's like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to try. I'm at the point in my life where I'm, I really, I want to get after this. I think that willing spirit. And then you know, they're teachable and they're willing to, to get after it. I know that's a fun person to help. So I think also I would add to my answer, uh, people that are heart centered. um, In other words, their dream has, has some capacity to help the world be a better place and to help people in their life journey. Yeah. And that can take on all shapes and sizes, right? But they're not just in it they're not just in it to make a bunch of money. Although we do talk about making money. Right. And we do talk about turning it into a business and what that's going to take. So, you know, it's okay to make money. It's okay to make a living off of your passion. In fact, that's one of my marketing um, streams is uh, just to communicate that, that you're, you want to turn your passion into a life. You know, you want to build a life around your passion. You can do that. It's okay yeah. to do that. Um, but it's not the end result. The end result is you are helping people and you are feeling good about using your gifts to serve others in a meaningful way. I love it. Well, Hey, what would you want to say to people who are um, listening, who have a dream? What, what kind of final thing would you like to say? Thanks for, thanks for staying with me through this whole interview. Um, And if this is tugging at your heart a little bit and you're, you're starting to think that dream that you've pushed down for a while is coming back up and you're getting excited about it, your heart's racing, your, your mind is racing with ideas, I would say lean into it. Don't push it down. Don't listen to the dream crushers who are all around you. Lean into it. Ask yourself, what if? What if that could happen? And then secondly, know that you are not alone, that there are other crazy people like you in the world who are dreaming of things and want to create things and want to try things and want to solve problems and want to fill gaps where they see it, want to make a difference. They don't want to just be working for someone else's dream. You're not alone. And 
we would love to have you in the community and not only support you, but to have you support others. Um, see, when you get in this game, it's not just you're not just receiving, you're going to be giving as well. And that's what's really exciting about this. I love it. Well, I heard or saw on some sign somewhere that someday is today. So yeah, may as well start today, right? Yeah, maybe you've pushed it aside for 15 years and you feel like oh, time is gone. The window is closed. The door is not open anymore. I would tell you that's a lie. Um, that's, that's, those words come from fear and it's never too late. There's always today. So the best time to plant a bamboo tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. I love it. So let's get, let's get busy doing it. It doesn't take much to get you in the group. Let's get you in. Let's get you rolling and see what awesome thing you want to bring into the world. Fantastic. See you fellow dreamers in the dream accelerator or on another podcast. Are we done? I think so. You think so? I don't okay. know. I don't have anything else on my paper. <laughs> okay. Very good. Check us out, jeffmeyer.org or uh, email jeff at jeffmeyer.org. I'd be just ecstatic to talk to you. Thank you so much, Amy, for interviewing me and flipping the script today on this. It's kind of one of the things we do in our training. We flip the script on fear um, and we use it as fuel. And so um, we have a system to do that. And you flipped the script today and you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Bye. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.